0: hey what's up everybody my name is tristan i'm so happy to welcome you guys to the Novus podcast this is a podcast that's going to change your life i need you guys to watch all the way to the end but first hit that subscribe button share this with a friend like and comment let's get into this what's up everybody welcome to the Novus church podcast formerly known as the bethel moments podcast guys um i'm so excited for this episode it's going to be so powerful we have elizabeth barry uh, Timothy Berry's wife they they've done so much with Hearts Ignited Ministries they've they've done things with uh, with Iris and these different amazing things that we're going to talk about um, but I really do believe that God has something for you guys today that's going to change your life and I'm going to have Elizabeth uh, kind of tell you a little bit of her story and introduce herself.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to share today. I have a message that's been on my heart for a while, but I'll, I will I want to start by just saying hello, and I'm Elizabeth, like you said, and I um, have such this um s- a radical story about how I got saved. I wasn't raised in a Christian home, and um, I got saved when I was about 18, 18, 19 years old, and then I got a prophetic word given to me saying that my feet would take me to every nation my heart longed to go to and so I hit the ground running and started traveling to different nations and I um, have such a heart to do different things and I've done I mean I've held babies in the dirt of Africa and then I've ministered in boardrooms with CEOs and everything in between it's been wonderful and cross-culturally and that's one of the things I think that I'm I'm so delighted that the Lord gave me the honor and responsibility, or maybe not every responsibility, but gave me the honor of um, seeing life through so many different cultures and and lives and who God is to this person and that person can be so radically different. And so um, I just, I love um, that I've had the opportunity to be able to do that. And I think that carries into a lot of my ministry today. Um, I have, um, and going to the nations, I also have three nations of my own here at home, three young little kids that, um, you know, I went through after traveling all these years through hearts, our, our ministries, hearts ignited. I, am um, uh, I, I, on my last trip home from South Africa, I was pregnant and, um, I began to grieve because I knew that the season of sh- of going out was shifting and that I was being brought home to minister to these three nations that I had within my home. So, um, and it was, it was a, it was a big shift, but it has been a true delight and joy. Um, I think one of the things Timothy and I really, um, are good at is we try not to outthink when God says, do this, go there. And um, we're kind of, I call it the stupid yes. Okay, Lord, it doesn't make any sense. Um, We're going to do that. And actually right now we're doing that right now. We just listed our house. We knew the Lord told us to, to move and we don't know where we're going. We've got three kids, but we knew we needed to position ourselves. He told us very clearly. And we're in this beautiful home It kind of reminds me of that meme where it's God's got this big teddy bear and a little girl has a tiny teddy bear and she's like I love it God but she can't see the big teddy bear behind his back and she doesn't know what she's giving up and I kind of feel like that's the season that we're in right now just this faith of okay here it is and um we just know he's faithful he's always faithful so um yeah that's a little bit about me (laughs) (laughs)
0: wow yeah that the obedience is like I could just see it all over you y'all just move with God and I've I've loved because you've been posting with it too about about the house all the different stuff and um, it's really incredible I I really I so I want to tell you guys I, I put pastor on the post on Instagram because her and her and Timothy I really feel like God has placed like a pastoral uh, anointing on elizabeth uh, just from what i've read about her seeing like with that what they've done you know going with all going into the nations and stuff so i did that just to like kind of proclaim her identity because she she put 16 sure i'm a pastor and i was like, <laughs> I was like well in god's eyes you're 100 he's 100 percent sure you're a pastor in his eyes so i i love that and um <laughs> i would love for you to speak a word to everybody today and i'm i'm super excited for this guys something's coming
1: Okay, great. Well, here we go. So, I being raised in a um, non Christian home, there was a lot of different things that I encountered in life. I'm sure Christian homes experience these things too. But when I got saved, I was really in this place of desperation because I knew I was either going to surrender to death, I was ready to take my own life, or I was going to surrender to this Jesus that people kept telling me about. And I kind of had a feeling about him. I just but I I was at a pivotal moment in my life. Um but with that being said, when I got saved, um which was amazing, I I gave a deep surrender. Um uh just Lord, I do not want to live this life. You better make it good. <laughs> and I just I I really I had this deep surrender. That being said, I, um, when I started attending church and, and learning, being disciple, learning more what it was like to walk out life with Jesus, I felt myself battling kind of a shame, or I don't really know how to put it, but I, um, definitely felt like I needed to work on being holy and being righteous, which are things we read about in the word, but, I needed to heal from my traumas and go through inner healing and sozo this and go to the prayer for that. And every Sunday morning, we are, our, our church would have this altar call and I was repenting or saying, God change this, make me better, whatever it was. It was just this constant, like, I felt this message and I don't even know exactly where I picked it up. I don't think it was really like the pastors or the church that were saying, it was just, is just really, I think the devil. And I found as I've shared the story, so many people resound with this. There's something that um, makes sense. So I felt this, you've probably heard the phrase, own your ugly. Have you heard that phrase before? Own your ugly, right? Take responsibility um, for your misbehavior, for your sin life, all these different things. And I really took that to heart. And as walking out my salvation as a new believer and boy, oh boy, I was seeking God, correct this about me, make me more disciplined, make my prayer life look like this. I was always praying for him to conform me and to change me and which it was in the humblest place of my life. However, I got so caught up in what I wasn't or who I wasn't. I wasn't disciplined. I wasn't trustworthy. I wasn't honest. I wasn't all of these things that we know that we should be. I, I never looked enough like Jesus. I, I had to, I, there was always work to be done on me to own the ugly. And I spent a lot of my Christian life, um, walking that out. Like I said, because I was, I was saved. Um, I had a lot of abandonment issues, a lot of um, trauma and crises, and it did cause for some maybe not so shining moments that would come up, like maybe I'd be really defensive about something or unintentionally hurt somebody's feelings or sometimes intentionally hurt their feelings, and, um, and, but I just, there was no real, um, I just always felt like I needed to get better. And so um, I have this amazing thing happened to me after about a year after I gave um, birth to our third son, he was about one year old and sorry, he's my second son, third child. And um, it was about a year later and I just really wasn't happy with who I was. I wasn't happy in my faith. I was kind of just living this lackluster. Christian, kind of just there was just something not right. And I felt like, man, what is happening here? I don't, this isn't who I am. And this is what happened. All these years of counseling and inner healing prayer and sozos that we've heard of, and there's all kinds of restoring the foundations and all of this stuff. I never owned my beauty. I was really good at owning my ugly, but I never owned who, who I was really. And so I began to seek God's divine design. God, when you, I started praying, when you created me, what did you dream of? What did you think of? What song did you sing? What words did you speak over my life, my divine destiny? I've sought to know my identity in Christ, but who did you create? Who is this person? I believe each and every single one of us are put on this planet with a purpose. And I felt there was an absence within our churches, within um, sermons that talk about, well, who who am I? Who am I in Christ? But who am I? (laughs) And... Like if God created a rose to be a rose, the purpose and intention is a rose. And I realized all these years, I felt like I was, maybe I was designed to be a rose, but I was trying to look like a lily or I was trying to look like a rock or whatever. And because I was trying to fit in with this idea of what it was to be righteous and what it was to be holy and what it was to look like Jesus, be like Jesus, think like Jesus. Well, guess what? Jesus is Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> and he paid. I, and all those years I was trying to sacrifice and lay down these aspects of my core values. Part of the things and the d- discovery that I've journey that I've gone on is I didn't celebrate those things. I, I, at my core, I have this desire and love for adventure and fun. Those are, I, I like integrity and I like honesty, but I, I, I feel like there's more to to me. And so I started to seek Christ in that way. And, and God, tell me, who did you create? And that's when I, I, I realized she's pretty cool. And I realized all of these people around me, man, what you carry is utilized, is going to be utilized for the kingdom advancement and, and, and whatever mission it is. But there's something you need to know deep within your course. Who are you so that you can co-labor and walk out with God and with Jesus in a way. And, um, and so I felt like there's areas of my life and other people's lives that get, um, uh, sh- shunned by our culture. Like, I hear it over and over again, that discipline is, you know, something we really, really, really need to have and something I struggle with. And I always shamed myself for that. Um, I have a beautiful friend who is a a procrastinator and she was really struggling because she felt like she was never going to be successful. She was never going to own up or be right because she's got this procrastination problem. And one day I was thinking about her and I said, you know, what if this thing that culturally the world says to us, or maybe within the church, within the bride, we hear this message that procrastinating is super bad, right? And you should get better and don't procrastinate and all this stuff. And I said, what if that was her superpower? What if that is her power moment? One of the greatest things about who she is? What if we owned those things that we actually um, struggle in and give them a purpose or or partner it with Christ in some way? And so scripturally, so part of the um, process that I started going through was I really took that um, proverb scripture about the power of life and death is in the tongue. And I started to decree and declare scriptures over myself, but also this is who I believe that God is creating me to be. And I started writing really nice things about myself, things that I didn't wasn't even really sure that they were true, but I felt like I had within me or things that I hadn't walked out yet. And so, and um, where I got this idea is basically in Second Corinthians when it talks about um, with unveiled faces, the renewing of our mind and, and how and what happens in that place. And um, here, let me read this scripture. It says, this is second corinthians 3 um i'll start with 17 now the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and we all with unveiled faces contemplate the lord's glory we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the lord who is the spirit so this is where i was like okay unveiled face let's let's be renewed <laughs> Let's transform. Let's transform in your glory. I, you know what? I think that one of the most glorious things a rose can do is be a rose. One of the most glorious things that Tristan can do is be a Tristan. And if we are um, walking that out with him, I'll tell you what. There was a new glory that came. Uh, I might. Well, I know a lot of my friends were watching me transform into the person that they already saw but I never I kind of was like imposter here like the things that people I would say loved my they loved my potential for but I felt like I could never really execute that they started to actually manifest in my life I I started to become the the pastor I started to become um (laughs) you know all these different things and I had been just really walking out this place of just, man, I own my ugly, but if I own my beauty too, and I walk and I, I know his beauty. And I realized a lot of areas of my life, I was trying to pay the price that Jesus already paid. Um, when he laid down his life for us and he gave us the opportunity of new life it's like we're, we're born again, right? And um, it was just this aha moment. So I think my challenge would be to anybody who is in the Christian life or any life really um, seek God and pray and ask, Who do you say I am? What did. What was your heart's design and desire for me when you knit me together can you show me parts of my dna that you love and celebrate can you um invite me into that place of um of your creation of me and sit with it and if you are somebody who has battling with negative self-talk knock it off it is so on a cellular level and i can't get involved silence of it but if we are decreeing and declaring the goodness of god over our lives if we are decreeing declaring scriptures are we will be transformed we will be renewed we will um gracefully begin to go um through a transformation, and you're not even working at it. You're just seeking his face. I love that old song, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. And um, I really feel like that was the moment of, you know, in my story was just really, I wanna seek you, I wanna know you, but. Can I know me too? the me that you that you placed on this earth? And that partnership has just been so incredibly wonderful. and i I would really encourage everyone to say it um, and, we'll just shame off of you and go spend time with your Creator. Go seek him.
0: That's so good. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that when I started to spend time with him um, for a while, I I really used to beat myself up about things I get wrong or if something happened, um, and I started to like proclaim things that weren't my identity, like "Oh, you're dumb, Tristan. Like, stop being stupid. Like, all that stuff." Once I realized that that was the enemy getting in my head, having me proclaim things that weren't my identity, it really started to. Um, like once i started proclaiming my identity as like a child of christ you know um god's masterpiece like i'm created in his image i have a calling and a gifting that he's placed on me that is greater than anything the enemy can throw at me um i really started to be more bold in my relationship with him and bold in the the things i stepped into you know um so i just love that that entire message and i can't i can't wait to see how someone gets affected by that um and I'd love to, I'd love to have you share a little bit about your experiences with uh, Heidi Baker and Roland Baker and all that stuff. Yeah. I know
1: well, so I've, I've uh, spent time in Mozambique with the Bakers and that was um, just really, really wonderful. But the first time I went was in 2005 and I, we had read um, Heidi's book, Always Enough, uh, a group of girlfriends and I, and we decided we want to go, we want to go see what's happening so we went to Maputo to their children's center there and got to serve and love on babies and do all kinds of really um fun things with the kids and man what a, a lesson and um, one of the um and Heidi and Roland weren't there at the time I, d- I didn't meet them in, until 2000 well I think I met them in 2009 but I, I didn't go over to serve with them until 2011 but um You know, one of the, one of the most amazing moments I can think of right now was, um, (laughs) I feel like I might have my timeline wrong, but I was, we were ministering uh, at the trash dump and uh, where a lot of people live and it's just mounds and mounds and mounds of trash. And um, there's like little towns and villages that kind of like are up against it. And a lot of people utilize the the dump for food and just every their basic needs. And so um, one time we went um, just to go love on the people around the area. And this was a miracle that I just don't know how it happened. Um, it's, <laughs> uh, but uh, we were praying and this family brought us in and we had two translators because it's Portuguese. And then there was another, so you have to go from English, Portuguese to another dialect. And I can't remember the name of it right now, but um I had just like probably a few months prior gotten my prayer language and so uh I we got invited into this little like um casita type place where this family was and we sat down to minister to the people we were saying is there anybody sick here so basically our uh, translators were asking um is anybody sick that we can pray for and they brought this man out and he was sitting in the chair and we sat down with him and I began to pray and then I started to pray in the spirit and he looked up at me and he knew what I was saying <laughs> and he started to speak back to me in a conversation now I didn't get it on the other end I had no idea what he was saying but the is like he's responding to you that what is happening here and he said I was praying in the dialect <laughs> which is just, and I didn't know what I was doing. It was just, you know, but it was really cool. Like, I mean, that's kind of a cool thing. <laughs> just be given a, a language for a moment. And um, I was kind of freaked out after that. And, um, but we prayed for him and he felt some ease from his pain. And um, he was kind of wide-eyed too. Like, how does this migrate? <laughs> like know my language and so I just I know that in that moment there was a special transference of something there and that was a pretty cool moment and um when we were with the bakers uh we did go out to um I had the uh honor and privilege of um photographing for them um for about five days straight so I kind of just was I followed Heidi everywhere she is a busy lady Um, and I just was, my responsibility was take pictures for their newsletter. The normal person couldn't do it. And so I was, I had my camera, so I got this amazing task. And so watching her go from one place to the other, we we did end up in a bush, at a bush, bush, um, outreach and, um, One of the really, really neat things there that happened there was this was a new village that they hadn't been to before. Well, I think all of them are. They kind of go out into the places where they haven't, they've never been. And so uh, one of the coolest things that happened before, normally the night of they'll, they'll set up a projector and show the Jesus movie. And that's kind of how the gospel gets shared. But before that happened, we were out ministering and in, in the village and they brought us a blind man and he ended up getting his sight back. He was counting mangoes on the tree right in front of us. And it was like the simplest prayer. I have photos, I have really, really cool photos of um, kind of like that you could see even the calluses in his eyes, but he's counting the number of mangoes on the tree. And they brought him to the Bush, to the Bush Bush outreach that night and all kinds of blind eyes and deaf ears were open. I can't remember the statistics, but it was just that power of the testimony, right? We've heard this or I've heard it over and over again. There's power in the testimony and, um, And she, you know, kind of brought him up there and said, he was, he was blind and now he's not, this is what our King can do for you. And, um, there was so many salvations that night. Um, they established a, a a church, which was like a, fence of dirt and area fenced in dirt and picked a pastor and said, okay, you're going to pastor people. And, um, but that was, you know, one of the just, I mean, really, really amazing, um, moments. And, um, one thing that was really cool is Heidi was really intent on, um, getting people baptized. So, um, we had heard there was kind of a river nearby and, um, we had the next day had so many people we took to get baptized which was really 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 neat so in the rivers also scary (laughs) not knowing what's in the water but it was really really cool um and yeah it was it was a lot of fun to be a part of that
0: wow that's incredible what 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 is like what goes through your mind when you see a healing like that happen
1: oh gosh you know, I'm kind of at the point now we've seen God do so many miraculous healings. It's like, why wouldn't he? Not that the awe and wonder doesn't go away, but it is just, he loves his kids. He does. He wants to see us healed and whole and he will do it in a moment. He will. And um, it just, for me, it makes we are a part of his glory i believe that scripture verse i was sharing earlier um transformed into his glory yeah i don't know it's just really amazing but
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i i have i've seen so i prayed for a girl recently um like a couple months ago and i think it was the first healing i've ever i've ever experienced but she says she had polycystic ovaries and she had cysts on her ovaries and uh, she asked for me to pray for her and i prayed for her and asked god to um, heal her and when she goes in this doctor's appointment on thursday they'll say there's no more cysts and she can have kids because her and her husband have been really wanting to have kids so she um we prayed over her and she started to cry and then the next thing i know she calls me that thursday yeah it was no it was Tuesday. She called me on Tuesday, right when I was going in a revival group for BSSN. And I was, <clears throat> she was like, Tristan, doctor said I have nothing on my ovaries anymore." I was like, are you serious? Like, like the test came back, everything was fine. You know, so she was, she's able to have kids. They're trying to have kids now. But what went through my mind was just like, whoa, God, like I've seen the videos of people healing. I've heard about healings. You know, I've seen, you know, Bethel, like they do all these healing ministries, but actually like seeing someone healed, like, here, like, I prayed over this person, Jesus healed her, like, he met her in this, like, time mm-hmm. where she was most vulnerable, like, where she, like, that's yeah. so beautiful, and it's mind-blowing, um, you know?
1: I remember, so, um, I met my husband, Timothy, in Brazil in 2006, crazy story, Timothy's gone on to have, a, a, a well, we, his, one of his main gifts is to see healing, mm-hmm. And, um, but uh, he wasn't raised to believe that God still healed today. But on that same trip, he saw his first healing and I saw my first healing through like a visual healing ever through my prayers and I'll never forget it. Um, which is super cool that I got to meet my husband in Brazil and meet him before we either like like it was just one day difference but it's kind of cool before like, what kind of launched us into ministry together but um, I remember this is one of I, I think just that on and wonder and moment but what happened was we were having a a healing service in this area called Campinas, uh, or the city in Brazil, and there was a couple that were walking down the street and they saw and heard that this church meeting was going on. And I think it was during like the praise and worship time. And so somebody um, told them, "Yeah, there's going to be healing prayer." Um, and so they, apparently, the way that the translator told me the story was they went home and they weren't Christians, but they went home and they got their baby girl who had a tumor on her belly.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, I don't know if it was a tumor or a hernia, but it was bulging out of her tummy. And she is about 18 months old. And um, they brought her to me because they just assumed like I was on the healing prayer team and I wasn't, but I was there. And <laughs> they walked in and, um, uh, they brought me this baby and I went and found somebody who could translate for me. And, um, they basically just lifted up her shirt and showed me this bulge on her belly. And in that moment, I felt so disqualified to like, you know, like this is a big job here, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so like, they're asking, they don't know the Lord. I didn't know this at the time. I didn't know that they didn't know the Lord, but, um, I just, I leaned into Christ in that moment. I was like, you know what? I I I remember that God would just say like or Jesus when he would pray for healing he would just like say be healed. <laughs> and I was like so I don't have to come up with all the right words we're just going to go for this. Mm-hmm. And I had a moment in my mind's eye where I saw a picture of the mom and dad laying their hands on top of the baby's stomach and then my hand going on top. And so I asked I said can you just place your hand there? And so they kind of stacked their hands in that. I put my hand on top and all I prayed was be healed through the power and authority of Jesus Christ. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I lifted my hands and they lifted their hands and the the bulge was gone. And this is this little baby and mom and dad are like, and they're like looking for it in her belly, (laughs) like pushing the skin, trying to find the bump. And they're just, minds are blown and they end up getting saved i think the first night the mom got saved the next night they came back and the dad got saved Mm. and um there was something else about her like when she went home like normally they had trouble getting her to sleep and i guess she like slept all night long and that's what dad was like okay like this this guy this jesus is really So it was a really neat the translators, you know, invited them and it was so sweet. He asked because a lot of times when people are getting healed in these types of meetings, they have them come onto the microphone to share. Mm -hmm. Uh, the um, testimony of what just happened and the mama she was so embarrassed she was like I'm not in church clothes I can't I can't like she was so embarrassed about like they just never really been to church but the idea of what church had to be and what you had to look like in order to be on the microphone and Mm -hmm. so anyway but she was too embarrassed but the next night she and him came came back they brought the baby again I believe I remember her name I think it was Sophia Mm -hmm. and um and they um, brought them back and shared what the Lord had done. So brought her back. It was pretty. That was one of my first healings and seeing and just really like, um, I don't know. There's a, just a faith. It's like a, a faith, a whimsy type faith that feel, it fills me when, that's, when I, I remember. And I feel it even right now sharing the story of <laughs> what (laughs) wow (laughs) so that's really cool
0: yeah so that's so powerful so with healings and everything you know there's probably someone listening to this that's believing god for a healing like and they've probably been believing it for days and days and days and they've just been asking god heal me how do you how does someone go about handling that like how do they how do I phrase the question? Like, how do they, how do they deal with the, with the thought of, well, why won't he heal me? Because when people hear hear these healing testimonies, they're like, they're like, oh, let's go, let's go, God's going to heal me. They go to get healed, and then they don't get healed, and they're like, oh, why not, God? So how yeah. does someone handle that?
1: So you're asking me a pastoral question, and yeah. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> I this is what this is what I would say and I you know this is the area where I just I'm people are so individualistic and they're all struggling with their own reasons why God won't heal them or why does he heal this person not this person and I I believe and I don't know if it's correct but I believe that some of us get our healing once we enter the when I, when our souls leave okay. this earth and when we enter fully into the kingdom of heaven, I believe some, for some of us that that is the place of our healing. Do I believe that he can heal tumors and cancer today? Absolutely. And okay. if I, where we have a lot of people in our lives right now, walking this out there, we have a lot of sick people. I have a friend that's been on life support for 33 days now, and he doesn't have the power to speak cuz he's on a ventilator but if if he did i know i would be like come on we're declaring this. He's actually a walking miracle. God has healed him already before. Do it again. And this is where that proverb scripture of de- declaring life and death is, is so powerful because we have the ability to speak scripture over our lives and over our bodies, into our spirits, over ourselves. And I believe transformation comes from that. I really do. Um, I, I think we have to partner with it in our in our hearts, and our minds. um, And then it starts to come into alignment in the spirit. And so if there's somebody out there contending for your healing, declare. I decree and declare over you, and you should do this too. I don't want to shit on you, but I would say, declare your healing. I am free. You know, you talked about the one with PCOS. I have that too. I don't know if I have it anymore. I have three amazing babies. I don't really suffer from the... um, Uh, symptoms of it any longer but that is something that I walked out um and experienced that there's a lot of women that have those issues and Mm -hmm. the Lord gave there's times when the doctor said you're never going to have kids Mm -hmm. but I I've got three amazing kids and never took a single medication for it
0: never
1: so I never took any meds um, to help produce that, never had to walk through IVF, no fertility treatments at all. Um, But I really did partner with the belief that I was a mother. And um, our first child, it took three and a half years for us to get pregnant. But we just knew, we just knew it's that, you know, even if I was gonna be 95 like Sarah, (laughs) (laughs) have a baby but you know um i just knew that one way someday that i was divine purpose and i also know that too sometimes our areas of wounding are our greatest areas of ministry and so i would say for what the enemy is trying to destroy and take away Mm -hmm. utilize it to um to be a tool for
0: his kingdom if it's possible so good so good so you've gone with uh, you've gone with iris Mm -hmm. and i'm sure you then it sounds like you were with global awakening at one point as well yes global
1: awakening iris um and then my husband and i were um uh, ran a ministry school um Mm -hmm. in our city for seven years we were co um not founders but Actually, Pep Ruby, who you know, um, founded the school, and we got to take it over as directors. Um, and then um, Timothy was an associate pastor for years at a local church here, and um, I, you know, I guess you could say I had the role of pastor's wife, but um, <laughs> I, I did know, all kinds of things within a local church um, here as um, and we were in that season of having kids, so Yeah.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, when you first started ministry, like what, how was it? Was it hard to take that first step to travel, like to just go and do it? Like, you know,
1: so, you know, the thing that I had to work through most in my 19 year old mind. Mm -hmm. So here's what happened when I was 16 and I wasn't in in a Christian home. I had the opportunity. I was invited to go to Europe Mm -hmm. to do a classroom without walls, three week tour of six six or seven countries in Europe and I did that and I got the travel bug because I was like there's a whole world out there like (laughs) just it was so many people live in this bubble they've only been to where they've been and it just. I was like oh man this is amazing and I was I remember um even when we would go to the cathedrals and stuff like that I there was a pull and to this holiness and stuff that to the faith there. And it was really, really neat to see all of that. So when I, I I got to see a little bit of, um, of God in those places as a teenager and um, it's a miracle that I was even able to make it on that trip because my, I, my family didn't have a lot of money. My mom was in nursing school at the time. My parents were divorced, there wasn't a lot of support. And it wasn't, you know, it was one of those things. And I think I, I worked really hard and I saved the money and I somebody partnered with whatever you raise and who knows, but I got there.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: when I got saved, I, I would dream about what it would be like to travel for Jesus. <laughs> like, well, how can I have a job that, or, you know, like, so i immediately once I received that prophetic word. So I was at, there was some guy that was ministering at our church and he had a prayer line and I went up to the front and he decreed that prophetic word over me that um, I think it's from De- Deuteronomy and it says every, um, every nation your heart longs to go to your feet will take you so I started longing but the biggest thing the the hard part was my shame I felt like I wasn't qualified I don't I'm a baby Christian I barely know anything about this person I'm worshiping what I knew was my own personal transformation but I couldn't tell you any scriptures I didn't know I mean I I was a new disciple mm. and so I, that was the biggest thing for me. So, but um, yeah, I just, it's kind of funny. I'm thinking about it now. (laughs) Um, When I was walking out seeking Jesus um, when I was 18, I actually did go on a missions trip because a cute guy invited me to Mexico over Thanksgiving and I wasn't saved yet. (laughs) And so I actually went on a missions trip. as an unsaved Christian to Tijuana. Um, That was November of 1999, I want to say. And it was um, January 31st of 2000 um, that I gave my life to the Lord. So a few short months later. But um, I, I think it was just that shame and just feeling so disqualified. And that was the biggest thing. But I, something I know that's when God created me, part of my divine design, is he gave me a gift of tenacity wow. and a gift of, um, I think it was faith because fear is not something that really holds me back. I let it be my fuel and my fire mm. to do stuff. Um, Timothy and I, Timothy and I story is wild. I, we dated for one month long distance and got married five months later And the only reason I married him was because the Lord told me to, Mm -hmm. and I barely knew him. Uh, It was, it was. He had given me a dream. He had given me this prophetic insight, and I knew that Timothy was my husband. But I didn't have the typical love story of we dated and we fell in love and we, Mm -hmm. you know, went out to dinners and all that stuff. It was. He lived in Virginia. I lived in California. We had met in brazil god kept having us run into each other over the years it was really crazy and i just knew that he was supposed to be my husband but that was one of the scariest things i've ever done in my entire life is saying i will love you forever (laughs) and i don't know who you are (laughs) Um, but i knew that god was faithful and that's where i think you know with all the lessons he's never failed me he's never Mm -hmm. let me down and he, I can tell, I look at the lives of people around me and I see the same story. <laughs> he hasn't failed you. He's pulled each and every one of us through. And we may be in the thick of a situation to where we are in distress. There's there's a trial upon trial upon trial. I'll tell you, this year has been hard for us. Okay. We lost a baby. I lost my dad. Um, and hold on, there's like a weird pop-up thing. Um <laughs> And um, uh, a lot of heartbreak and a lot of grief. Um, and now we're leaving behind this house in this community that, I mean, this season of being here and the city has been absolutely beautiful. Mm. Um, and I'm so incredibly thankful. But I know that he's faithful and that there's somewhere new and there's some place that Maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's for my kids or maybe it's for the community that we're being moved to. But um, he won't fail us. It may not look the way we expected. So but he is unfailing. He is a faithful, faithful friend. Yeah. And that's where our, I don't know. I think I was just gifted with that. I, I think what it comes down to is when I surrendered my life, when I was 18 and a half, I really said, it's yours.
0: Hmm.
1: You can have it all. I'm not very good at living life my way. Hmm. I, I suck at it. So you take over. <laughs> I surrender. Yeah. And that's kind of just how <laughs> I live my life you know, and I will say an observation as I've met people that have been raised in Christian homes or raised in, with that faith taught, there's something there that that element of surrender is something they haven't learned, or I don't know. Um, so I've observed that with some of my friends. I'm like, God's got this. There's, you know, there, it's something that has to be learned along the way in your journey. But I tell you, it's the best way. to live life is to say okay (laughs) and jump don't think Mm -hmm. about what the moment you start thinking it's like say you're at the top of a high dive and you've got your toes if you take a moment to think about what you're about to do you're probably not going to do it
0: Mm -hmm. that's true
1: you're gonna talk yourself you're gonna freak out your nervous system's gonna get all whacked you're gonna and so there's when you're doing that new thing that confidence isn't there and uh so just don't just do it just Mm. go leap
0: yeah Um, a verse a verse that came to my mind not i want to finish what you were saying but first just came to my mind was psalms 9 verse 10 for everyone who knows your wonderful name keeps putting their trust in you they can count on you for help no matter what oh lord you will never no never neglect those who come to you and that's that's the power of putting your trust in god you know that when we when we give him everything when we when we trust in him like we're trusting him to help us but at the same time it's not like transactional but the same but we're safe you know because we have his covering his his wrap around love his presence that protects us you know that gives us the courage to make the jump you know um but yeah i'd love to hear more of what you're saying
1: i don't know i think i was pretty much wrapping up okay yeah i was when you were sharing um that scripture verse there's this old song that um worship leader david ruiz he um was really big in the vineyard movement in the Mm -hmm. 90s and there's these lines at the beginning of the song it says the narrow pathway through the needle's eye." I'm stepping forward to the place I died because I know that you are faithful. Yeah. And it's a very beautiful song, but every single time um, I, I get into these situations that take extreme faith, I just think about, there's it's a narrow pathway. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I don't know how many people, um, it's so individualistic. Um, but, um, that stepping forward, I said this earlier before we hit record on the zoom, you never know what you are anointed or appointed for unless you show up in the room and, um, just show up, step forward, keep moving, keep your eyes upon Jesus. Mm Um, and there's, there's a visual coming to my mind right now. This might be a prophetic inkling for somebody, but if you've been running the race and you're on that racetrack and you've been clearing hurdles mm. and then your foot gets caught and you end up in the dirt face down. Um, if you're in that place to where you're not sure you can't get up, you're not sure you can get up. Mm. You've hit too many hurdles. You've fallen down too many times. You think that you're at the end of your race. You think that your time or your season is done and that you need to get off the track. I believe there's somebody that's listening to this that the Lord is saying, just look up. And mm-hmm. he's right there eye to eye with you. Look into my eyes. And he, his hands are there saying, let me help you. Let me, and you lock eyes with him and you are now back up on your feet. And he's walking with you. I believe that there's somebody right now that is struggling with whatever it is, and um, he—you don't have to do it alone. And he is faithful. If you lock eyes with him; uh, he's gonna get you through, and you're gonna be able to go. And I—I—I I, I just know you're gonna be able to keep going.
0: So, yeah. Ooh, I felt Holy Spirit on that. <laughs> whoa (laughs) I have to run a lap in my little office here um (laughs) that's so good um if that is for you y'all don't be afraid to put in the description we'll pray for you and reach out but um I'm I'm so honored to have you on um you before we go you said that you you moved into like kind of I was reading your bio a little bit you you stepped into the the pageantry and like that was just something that that was hard (laughs) for you yeah how 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 was that like a form of ministry for you i'd love for you to
1: well it's kind of funny um so i have um ran twice in some local pageants but then i the lord told me to run for mrs california which i did (laughs) twice and i um i've never won a title i've gotten lots of awards (laughs) Um, but, uh, I've never had that. I've never gotten a title and I've never done it for that reason. That's probably why I've never won. Cause it's, it's always just been the mission field for me. Yeah. But one day, um, I was, this was years ago. I was praying about going to, um, on an missions trip to Brazil hmm. and it was in the fall of some 2015, I want to say or 2016 and, um, I had this invitation to run in our local pageant that, and it struck my spirit and I was out of nowhere. Now, part of my story is I've lost a significant amount of weight. i uh, weighed about 50 pounds heavier than I do now. I uh, was five foot two. There is no beauty queen experience. And I, but I knew the beauty within me. Mm. There was something, there was I knew, and I knew the beauty of Christ and transformation. And I told Timothy, terrified, like, hey, I think I'm supposed to do this pageant. And he goes, that's your mission. Hmm. It it wasn't Brazil. It was this local community. And I went and I met so many amazing women. I knew that I had the opportunity to, you know, uh, people think of, I don't know what pageantry is like. I'm really not (laughs) that versed, but I know that people have ideas. Mm-hmm. Of what uh, pageantry is and I my experience has been a lot of these women that are doing this are phenomenal people and they're stepping out on a stage in front of a group of judges and saying judge me mm-hmm. and tell me whether or not I get to have a title or a crown and they're doing it in front of an audience of people that takes a special type of person I would say mm-hmm. to do that also they're self-leaders they're willing to develop the to learn to grow to um, to change,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, and I I just was I got to pray and walk and talk out a, with a lot of women. Then there's women in there that are doing it because they're looking for identity, and they're trying to find it within their physical beauty. They're trying to they do it for vanity reasons, for the world to tell them that they're beautiful. Wow. What if somebody is just sitting in a room with you and tells you your beauty? or points it out. And so I got to have a lot of conversations with lots of tears on my shoulder of never been seen like that. If mm-hmm. I I have a, a prophetic gifting that comes on me sometimes, and if so many women haven't um, ever received a word from the Lord like that, or anyway, so I got involved in it that way. and um, And then when I was sharing my story earlier about Um, really owning my beauty uh, outside of just who the Bible says I am but God who did you create this woman to be Mm -hmm. my transformation that happened during that season and that time got the attention of the current reigning Mrs. California and she sent me an invitation and she said Elizabeth I really think you should run in this pageant now this is big wig this is like state pageantry this is women who have done pageants a majority of their life starting as children Mm -hmm. or they've got pageant coaches and they do training and they've got these missions and the platform that they're going to stand up for and I was like what me uh (laughs) you know she said I've just been watching you because I do live my life out loud, pretty much on social media and I like to bring people in through just what I power of testimony so I share I I have no problem being vulnerable and letting people into areas I'm struggling in or overcoming in or whatever it is. And so, but she was, so she was watching this transformation and she said, I really think that you need to show up. I would love to sponsor you wow. to run. And, and, to, and I was like, okay, I don't, this is crazy. Who me? And you know, the first thing I did was I disqualified myself. I, I mean, the, the immediate language was you're too short that who's going to listen to you. Why you don't know what you're doing. These women are ABCD. You are not that you don't really have the, a vanity bone in your body. Like, you don't, you don't have Botox. You don't have like, you You know, like at least just different qualifications that I, you know, uh, thought that I needed to have. And I ended up um, uh, one of the awards that I really, really treasure that I ended up getting, I showed up and I met these women. I they're my greatest award, <laughs> these women that I got the opportunity to minister to.
0: Um,
1: but um, I really got to minister to some of the people in charge. Mm. which is really really cool and then I I ended up getting the director's choice award that means the director picked me as her winner and that is just phenomenal I mean how cool is that somebody who actually got to know me and didn't just judge me on stage for five minutes or whatever you know but um yeah it was terrifying and I it is it's definitely self-development I did not know that I was going to be so challenged or what I was going to learn or
0: mm-hmm.
1: who I was going to meet. And, um, but man, it was, um, it was, uh, it's definitely, um, a joy and an honor to get to develop friendships with some of these amazing women
0: wow.
1: who have desire to see great change in the world. Um, A lot of these women have platforms um, that stand up against like domestic abuse and um, all types of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, now that would join honor of being a part of their story is pretty cool. And um, they get to be a part of mine. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty amazing.
0: That is. That's so good. Um, I like how God kind of really used you. You know, a lot of people think that okay so the united states has a lot of problems so we think that like we don't but we as a church sometimes we think that we need to go to other countries to fix other countries mm-hmm. but like i mean but like some people go on mission but they won't even pray for someone that is in like the the, the parlor with them or something you know yeah. at a restaurant that's mm-hmm. a real thing like um so i i love how you made uh, i love how timothy said that's your mission and yeah. it was here at home, you know, look at God, that's so good, yeah. um, yeah. and that that prophetic gifting, you said, I have come on me, I love how you just had it come on you just a few years,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'd like to, uh, I do not, I, you know, I, labels are not my thing, yeah, because I believe labels are meant for jars, not for people, mm. and you can be a prophet one moment, a mom, the next, I can't tell you how many times I'm changing diapers and the the a word of the Lord will come to me oh. It's a do it's a duality. And so there, so I'm just not like, like you said, pastor, I'm like, Oh, that, you know, like I can't, uh, maybe part of me, maybe. but there's also <laughs> a lot of like, uh, I mean, you could call me a a dancer, cause I grew up dancing. You could call me a singer. Cause I've led worship. You can call me all those things, but I just have such a hard time when somebody wants to call me one thing, when you asked, how do I introduce you? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot here going on and I <laughs> a lot of things to so a lot of people, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, there, how many definitions do we need to give ourselves? Mm. but I don't know. I'm just a kid in God's kingdom. And um, yeah, I Mm. don't know, but I don't want to ever call myself like a prophetess or Mm. that one thing, because I, I, a moment, Yeah. I I think when you kind of just position yourself, this is, this is one of the prayers I pray almost every day is (laughs) Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing? And how can I partner with you? Mm. What are you saying? What are you doing? And how can I partner with you? And so it's kind of fun way when you're leaning into him like that and just saying, is there a part, do I, do you need me in some way today? Or, I mean, there's days that go by. I I mean, just in my responsibilities and role as a mother Mm -hmm. where I can feel like I've done uh, feels like nothing to contribute to society it doesn't true yeah. um and yeah so anyway i don't need to get into all that but there's just really like how can i partner with you today some days it is just putting the dishes away mm-hmm. i don't know there's a skills and skills and traits that kids need to know how to serve you know
0: yeah.
1: um but yeah i don't know it's pretty cool
0: when did you When did you start to like recognize that God was speaking to you, like giving you prophetic words and things like that? Like when, like when did that start to come on? Um,
1: As a child, actually. So this is one thing that's really cool. I wasn't, didn't know who Jesus was or, but there was a knowing within me. So I believe I had a relationship with the Holy spirit my whole life because I was kind of, um, a unique kid. I was born with this, a love for people that I could, my parents, we used to say it was so weird because I would, I would meet somebody and they were just the most special thing to me. Mm-hmm. And every, almost every person I met, I just had this regard for, I think we kind of had to have a word for it. And I think it might be like an agape gift where it's a knowing mm-hmm. love. And I, I realized that as a kid, I would have these Holy spirit inspired moments. uh, And I had no church framework for that. (laughs) Um, I, and the reason why I know this now is because one time I was, I went to the Bethel school of music worship a long time ago, like 2008 or something like that. And it was a prayer time and they were doing ministry and I had a moment where I was in prayer, and the Holy Spirit started giving me pictures of my childhood. And He was like, "That was me. That was me. Wow. That was me. That was me." <laughs> and I realized at that time, I was like, "Holy Spirit's been with me my entire life. Wow. My entire life. I think is with all of us, but a lot of the world. Um, I'm not trying to say I'm any more special. I just think it's quieted and shushed and." not um you know that's one of the things with our kids we'll say okay what do you feel like god's speaking to you what's in what's in your stuff what's in your tummy what's what's in your nowhere that you didn't how do you have that idea or trying to guide them because a lot of it is that creative genius that we were designed with but the world circumstances all of the stuff we we conform yeah we do We conform Mm -hmm. to the worlds and the environments around us. But um, yeah, it was just that. That's how I knew was just because I was, I I lived my whole life that way, but it wasn't until I got into church actually until I got into a church that knew the power of the Holy spirit, really Mm. um, that that was, that I was taught who Holy Spirit was, wow. and
0: I was like, "Oh, <laughs> this is something people
1: live their lives without." <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway,
0: that's kind of so funny. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, it was such an honor to hear your story oh. and oh. to to hear what you spoke. I think that someone's life is going to be life is going to be changed from this. And I'm I'm super grateful to know you and to have you on here. Um, and but I would love for you to, as, like someone who steps into ministry and does things like that, and and as someone that struggled, like, you you struggled with the the whole the whole disqualification things at times. I'd love for you to pray a prayer of qualification over people today, like, and yeah. just lead them in it. You know.
1: Yeah. Sure. Let me, um, if you don't mind, can I just start with declaring some things? And I mean, this will be a declarative prayer, we'll call it, and then we'll just kind of go from there. But um, Father God, I thank you so much for who you are. And I do pray in this moment, how can I partner with you in prayer and in your spirit? Um, Father, I want to come into alignment with your kingdom right now and decree and declare the goodness of you, We praise you and we thank you for your faithfulness. And I I declare over anybody who's listening to this right now that you are amazing. you. You are powerful. Who you are is celebrated. You bring delight and joy to your creator. You have the ability to be beautifully you. Mm. And I decree and declare um, right now that there would be a um, awakening to knowing, God, who do you say I am? That you would begin to unveil more of who he thought of and who he dreamt of when he created you. Mm. God, I thank you, thank you for your faithfulness and your unfailing, unfailing love. And I pray that as people go on the rest of their day and week and just the entire lives, that each day they would grow closer and closer to you. Um, I pray that your love would wash over right now, every single person listening to this and that they would feel a warm hug of acceptance. In Jesus'
0: name, amen. So good. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. This was amazing. Um, You're more than welcome to come on whenever you want.
1: (laughs) All right. (laughs) um,
0: But thank you, everyone, for listening. We love you, and I'm praying you guys have a blessed week. Uh, Share this with a friend who needs to hear it, and uh, we'll see you next Monday. Thank you so much for watching. I hope this podcast changed your life today. If it did, put it in the comments. Tell us what you learned, how it helped you. Put amen in the comments. Let's just blow this up and share this with a friend. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. I love you guys. See you next week.